welcome to the Guessing Game Podcast, where who can guess what we're going to talk about today? Cody, go ahead. Scene Partners. Scene Partners. Scene Partners <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Was I supposed to do something different, right? I don't know. We're going to talk about theater. You do whatever you want to. We're going to talk about theater and how it has changed our lives and how we are so much better. Because of it? We speak for and me, not for yourself. How, like, we're not tired and how we are super stoked. Full of energy, full of life, full of youth. There you go. I, um, how are you, Chris? I'm great. How are you? Oh, man. You've never asked me that. I ask you on a regular basis. You do ask me that all the time. Just maybe not on the podcast. Maybe you don't want people to think that you think. Uh, like, how is Cody doing? Because you... I know exactly what your answers typically are. Doing great. Having a great time. <laughs> Having a great time. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Having a great time. I, I don't know where when I became so incredibly white that I just started answering things like in stereotypical white people speak. It would be just being like, having a great time. Just living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream, baby. Um... I would say that you and I are, are like, you know, doing good, pretty tired, but we're all right. Yeah. We're like approaching tech week for tech everlasting. That's right. And I've been trying really hard to look at the positives of things. And I've also found that I've, I'm getting frustrated with others who aren't also doing the same thing, which probably isn't fair. That is like, I've decided that we should be thankful to do these things. <laughs> Because for so long we wanted to do stuff and then couldn't. And we're like, oh, if we could just do it, it would be so amazing. And then now we're doing it. It's like, oh, but I am tired. Yeah. Um, And so, like, you know, the constant sarcastic complaining thing is kind of killing me a little bit. Yeah. And so I'm trying to, like, maybe I've started to notice that in other people of just being like, hey, we're doing this thing. And, um, oh man, it's, isn't this just the best day of our lives? Here we are. It's like, well, this isn't bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, this could be a whole lot worse than, yeah. you know, being at the theater and singing some songs today. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying really hard to be more, I guess, I guess the word is more purposeful with my language because I think for so long I was sarcastic to other people about like my response to stuff to just kind of probably as a defense mechanism in all honesty. It always is. And just not really knowing what to say. So I just say that because it's an easy out and then the conversation can be over and I can move on to whatever it is that I need to do. Is that a jerk thing to say? No, I think that's an honest thing to say. I think it was a jerk thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably you're yeah, you're right. But I, I just, I think when you say things like that, and it's like, well, I'm doing this, like I've committed to do this show or, or whatever it is, and then you treat it like you downplay it so that people don't know that you enjoy it so much. Yeah. Or, or it's that you want people to think that you are so tired, but you're not going to tell them that you're tired because you're working so hard that you're going to sarcastically say that you're having a great time so people know how hard you've been working. Yeah. But you're not going to tell them that. (laughs) Having a great time. (laughs) Like, I want you to know that I'm exhausted because I put so much work into this, but Mm -hmm. I can't say that to you, so I'm going to say, 
having a great time. Yeah. Nowhere else I'd rather be. <laughs> and then move on with your life. I don't know what it is. I don't know I think, like why. But honestly, you have high expectations and you're so passionate about it that it's really difficult for you to really understand how other people that are doing this with you aren't as passionate about it. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. That's that's a good that's a good point. This is my observation I from think the it's outside also just looking like, at you. Yeah. And I think it's just I find myself saying those things and then think that's not really how I feel. Yeah. And now that I'm saying it, I'm making myself dread this experience. Mm-hmm. Like like just I'm like I'm breathing life into this thing that I don't really have. Like I don't know why I'm doing this. This is insane. Instead it would like I kind of think that maybe I've lived so much of my life in this sarcastic realm that I'm more looking at this point in my point in my life and being more intentional and wanting people to know that no, this is it is okay to enjoy things. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's like, no, I want you to like we were kind of talking about that earlier about how I changed my laugh <laughs> because yeah. it was too boisterous and made people uncomfortable. And you're like, I just want people to know I'm having a great time. Exactly. It's like that kind of a thing. Like it's okay to enjoy things. And I think being in a smaller community where theater isn't you know, something that every single person does, like getting them to join you on stage or do anything like that is already really hard because they're like, well, I don't want anybody to think that I'll enjoy this. You know, like this is, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like it. Yeah. I'm not going to like this. I don't want to do that. That's weird. I don't want people to see me on stage being silly. Like that's going to be embarrassing. And then you get them there and then they have a great time. And then they're like, well, I don't want people to really know that I enjoy this as much as I do because I'm tough or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, it's interesting to me because we're doing this show and we have some younger castmates who tend to sort of like hold back quite a bit because they don't yeah. want to be uncool. And then they also don't want to seem like they're not doing a great job at the same time. And it's like mm-hmm. you're you're not really sort of serving either master at that point. Yeah. You're more or less just looking like you're not very good. Yes. Which is interesting because I remember when I was young and doing theater, I mean, obviously I was a very different kind of person and I was probably horrible and very annoying. <laughs> like I, I know all of this going were? into what I'm about to say. Yeah, were. Um, just like imagine me now, same size. Well, <laughs> same height. <laughs> just like, want to be honest about that. But same height and then like, you know, just very energetic and super loud uh-huh. and never ceasing. So just like dial back 5% to where I am now yeah. in life. But I mean, I would always think I want to go further than anyone else and be the like person who made the craziest decision on stage during rehearsal that, you know, when I'm doing stuff, people stop and they watch to be like, what in the world is he doing up there? And I feel like now it's like, I don't want anyone to see me in case I mess up. Yeah. Like it's, and I don't know, maybe it's the social media aspect of our lives now. Like, you know, kids just develop so differently than what we would have experienced growing up. And so it's instead of, oh, look, I can get this attention this way. They would rather get attention in a different way, like where they look perfect and mm. it's all polished. Yeah. And it's not 
something that you laugh at. It's something that you're just, you're cool. The other thing is that with today's TikTok and, and sort of Twitter, like we, we have a moment to have a take. If we don't like it, we can go back and reshoot it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in theater, we don't get that. Yeah. We have to live in that moment and be present mm-hmm. to tell the story with the characters and the other people that are on the stage with us to convey that to the audience. And I think maybe that's sort of the hiccup, I think, because we didn't grow up with that. It was always, well, <laughs> took a dive, missed it. Missed it, not going to do that again. Yeah. Or I'm going to do it again and do it more. <laughs> yeah, that, I got to <laughs> laugh. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm going to do this way, way more more crazy. It is interesting, though. I just am I'm curious for like moving forward and trying desperately to be more, I guess, conscious as a human being and the things that I say and the things that I think, because I feel like I can be pretty intense about the stuff that I keep inside of my head as far as my inner dialogue about myself. Yeah. Which is honestly probably why even a theater appealed to me and to begin with is that it was a major self-esteem boost. Yeah. Um, (laughs) All that applause is so It can be really great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just affirmation. And I think that for kids who don't really get that maybe outside of the theater, it's like a huge boost and incentive to want to continue to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it theater is just such a nice place for, you know, we we have some people that are doing Tuck Everlasting that have never done a show before. Mm -hmm. And they're getting to experience for the first time this feeling of camaraderie and family like you don't really get outside and different activities, you know, like. Yeah outside of your own home life. And for some of them, more than their home life. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I'm so happy for them to get to experience, but then there's also this other part of me that's like, ooh, do I need to talk to some of these kids about what it's going to be like when the show's done? Because you almost have to experience this sense of loss. Yeah. <laughs> of being like, well, that's over. That's never going to happen again. I'm not going to be with these people in this this show again. Yeah. And I do think that it's important because I, I kind of wonder, are we breeding, like, is it a bad thing that, you know, we, we build up these awesome relationships with these cast members and these people and we say like, oh, it's a family, it's a family, it's a family. But then the show's done and then it's, oh, we're moving on to the next thing immediately. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? You may not be there, but what's the next thing? Well, Instead of being like, oh, I want to, enjoy this like like luxuriate in it or or just be like this was its own thing it's not about moving on and trying to replicate it or just creating that same experience again it's like this is over yeah it's done and we're we're saying goodbye to that and it's not about immediately trying to jump into something else yeah to fill that void i think is what i'm trying to say yeah like you're not searching for something else to replace something that's gone it's there's going to be another thing, but it's a completely new thing. I think it's um, a little representative of, okay, so I'll, I'll use Shakespeare as the example. You know, uh, uh, all the Who? world's a stage. That guy's Shakespeare? You know him? Oh, no. Billy Billy Shakespeare, old BS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How have I made it this far? I've <laughs> never heard anybody say that. <laughs> Um, oh, that's so funny. Why have I never, I've never ever once. <laughs> really? My whole life. That's Interesting. so funny. Um, 
the the but the thing is is like you know life comes in stages and we have to be willing to especially for young people that are going through high school and then those people more than likely you're not going to see for a very long time yeah and they're not going to be a part of your life forever mm-hmm. they were a big huge instrumental part of those first 20 years of your life but after that you start to make these different friends yeah and then from there you make you know career friends and then you make neighborly friends and it's just I think it's so beautiful because it so shows you the cycle of life, the beginning, the the building, and then the thing that you work so hard for, and then it's gone. Yeah. Because it's all fleeting. I mean, this is becoming a very intense episode. Yeah, we, we got really deep, really <laughs> quick. But I, I Hey, will... welcome to your 30s where we have existential crisis. Yeah, just constantly. Um, I think that it's, it's a... Um, I, I think what I worry about is the the possibility of creating this thing and the people who work with us because you know the like I want us to be creating an environment that's better than what we had mm-hmm. and that sets people up for for success so that of course I mean I think anybody who has or is in charge of something that other people are involved in or shaping like the youth of your community or you know any form of outreach that when you think like when these people get older, they're going to in some way be changed by this experience that we have provided them. Mm -hmm. And like, it is going to either be some sort of traumatic event that they tell their therapist. (laughs) 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 Mr. Cody yelled at us all night. (laughs) We weren't doing the show the right way. Never yelled. It is kind of, it is kind of funny. I heard somebody say that the other day. Like, do you remember when you lost your mind during that Oliver play? I was like, I never once yelled. Not once. They're like, mm. I was like, nope, didn't yell. They're like, oh yeah, you didn't yell. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Silence sometimes is worse. I wanted to. Oh man, did I want to? <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one night. There was, there was one night where I was like, I am gonna lose my mind. But I do struggle with that kind of aspect too, because there is this part of me of being like, you know, these people do have lives outside of this place, mm-hmm. even though like we need them to be doing what they need to do, but. They are volunteering their time. And yeah. so what is me, like me losing my mind and yelling at them because they're not doing something that I've asked them to do 5,000 times and I'm tired. That's just not the way to, you just, you're not going to get anything yes. out of anyone. Anyway, um, what was I saying before that? I oh. don't know, but you brought up a point and then I did have a question, but if you want to continue your point, I'll. Are you, well, I was just saying that you want it to be better than what you had so that you know you create you yes you fix the mistakes yes you build a better legacy than what you build a better legacy which is my whole thing about yelling Mm -hmm. like i don't want to do that because that was a big part of my beginning theater experience yeah of just constantly being like berated for making mistakes that i didn't necessarily know were mistakes Mm -hmm. because i wasn't educated i didn't know what i was doing i was a teenager doing theater so yeah I don't want to pass that part on, but I do want to pass on the like, this is still work. You do need to put your time in. And whenever you do put the time in, the the reward is so much more. Yeah. And so I think in a way, instead of ruling from a place of fear, you know, directing from a place of fear that you want to direct from a place of, I love this and I love this story and this is why I love this story and this is why you should love this story and this is why we all need to do the best to tell this story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. What was your thing? Well, my question that I had, because you, you, you made me think about something, like what is something that you, because I've been watching you for a few years now, what is something that you as a director think that you could be doing better? Oh, my God. So many things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many things. Like whenever I get a little lazy or overwhelmed with a bunch of other things and I walk into a rehearsal room and I know what I want, but I haven't actually sat down and pre-blocked it. Mm. Like I see that seeping in a little bit more into my life where I'm like, mm, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> like don't do it like every once in a while. It's kind of like I know depending on who is in the show, the direction that you can take as far as like, I need to be very intense about how much I pre block and that it needs to be like set in stone or I can have these people up there and here is what I, my general picture. And then when they get in there, like I kind of want to see like how we develop this character in the moment. Yeah. And then that might change what I have initially in the blocking and then we can move on. But I do kind of find myself getting a little, um, probably just like a little lazy with some of the director stuff. Like mm -hmm. I find that I should get better at the laziness. Is it? Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's necessarily apathy per se, but is it, do you think it's because you're using people that you know and trust and you know that their instincts will lead them to. Yeah. There's a little bit of, we've gotten to the place where we're working with people a little bit more regularly who do stuff with us a lot more like regularly. Mm -hmm. So it's, Regularly, that's a new word How that I'm gonna use. Oh, you throw time. it in. Regularly, <laughs> um, and so I do think that that is a little bit of it. And then I also just think a lot of it is that I'm I'm tired, and that I know that. Oh, this is really sad. What I'm about to say, but there's been so many times where I have put in so much work of what I want, and then we just don't necessarily have the um the ability to accomplish what is in my brain mm -hmm. be based off of our um our tools in the toolkit yes you know yes <laughs> and that's not just acting that's not just the actors that we have that's also just the the tech that we have or yeah the, the resources the resources that's really what i'm trying to say so resources on the front of uh, the technical aspect and in the performance aspect, just because it's not like everyone's a professional actor and who's been doing this forever. Now, I will say that we have people that we have done shows that I have watched and I can honestly say from a purely objective standpoint and thought these people are doing like way, way more than I like seen professionals do mm -hmm. that they have given more of themselves to this show than I've ever seen in a professional theater. And, and I'm really sad that a whole bunch of people aren't going to see it because it's phenomenal. And, and I'm like, that is mind blowing, but that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> yes. But, but it does happen. And it's so awesome. Like when you get people really rallied behind a story and they just are so in it and it's, it's awesome. And it's also because I think, you know, we we talk about with um, all the great things that you experience in your life, there's always some sort of extreme sacrifice that makes it seem, you know, like there's nothing worth having 
unless you have some sort of sacrifice with it. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, the hardest times in life when I was working through things, it was always the, the most rewarding mm-hmm. at the end. The peaks make the valleys worth it. Right. And so it's, I, I don't know. I think that when you have people that are sacrificing so much just to literally tell a story and then they do it, it's, and they, it's, the payoff is huge. Yeah. But I think that after so long of kind of, I, I don't know if it's being jaded or just being like, okay, this is what I really want, but this is my expectation of what we're going to get. So I'm now like kind of stifling or pulling myself back in what I expect. And so it almost makes it less fun. And so I'm like, nah, it'll just be what it is when I get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I almost have to see the person and then, say okay what can they do what can i get out of them and what is this scene now going to look like based off of that yeah where i think my older mindset was i am going to make this person do this and Ah. i'm going to do whatever it takes to get them there yeah and now it's like oh there's just so much more that i need to do Mm -hmm. and am i going to really be able to dedicate the time to this and is it worth putting myself through what it's going to take to get that person to this point but it is also really amazing that you're malleable enough to say this person does not have the capabilities to do this thing. So what can I do that's in their wheelhouse to make this work? I mean, I appreciate you trying to put a positive spin. Man, on I'm the trying to help. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I mean, I I know that what I'm saying is not great, but it is honest. I mean, I think that. But it is better than barreling through. Well, yeah, and then I don't getting frustrated, just, like, not not set people up for success, but I also know that it is very difficult whenever you love something a whole lot and then you just are constantly wanting something to happen and then it just never really gets the way you want it. Mm -hmm. And you're giving everything to it and then you do so much of that, like where you're giving so much of yourself to something and then you're not really getting it back mm-hmm. in return and it's just like any other relationship and so then you start to build walls and so that's what i'm saying things that i could get better at is that i need to let that go yeah <laughs> and just become like trying to meet people where they are is always something that i want to do and i think that i've been not doing a great job of that lately and i think that that's you know something that i really need to to work on moving forward. So that's definitely one thing that I think I should get better at is trying harder to meet people where they are and not uh, being a horrible director. (laughs) 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 It's just difficult, you know, whenever you love something and, and you're trying really hard to make it the way that you want it to be. And, you know, you're in a, community that you're trying to teach people you know that there are shows that they should see and you're constantly working towards this and then you're met with you know the opposite of what you need yeah so i don't i don't know i don't know if that answered your question it was probably a little bit more dark and sad (laughs) no but i mean that that is sort of the premise of the question you know what is something that you're not doing well that you feel like you could be doing better yeah and you know you dove right in i also think that I, you know, I, I want, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, because I don't want to become stuck. 
yeah in doing the same things over and over again and i'm not saying like i don't think that i've done that i don't think that i've done the same things over and over again um i know that i have a particular style of the way that i like things to look and the things that i like to do but i i don't want it to be like oh look well this is <laughs> Cody's using pallets again. <laughs> but he is using pallets again. Building, but I am. <laughs> but there's also like, but they're so good. They're like the things that, these things that we built out of those pallets are so good. No, no. Yeah. hundred um, percent. But I do like, I do feel that. And I know that I have a particular style that I really like. And it's also, I think it comes from the style of theater that I like to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's, I, I just don't want to trap myself in doing these same things over and over again to where people are like, oh, it's a, that, yes, this is what we're going to get when we go to a Cody show. Like, it's going to be the lights are going to do this thing and the set's going to look like this and the actors are going to feel things. You know? Well, I would I would sort of contend your point there a little bit because I think when you go to see like a film you know what kind of style of movie you're going to get if you see a Michael Bay versus like a Christopher Nolan film. You 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 yeah. expect certain things from different filmmakers. So why wouldn't you expect different things from different directors who are putting on shows? Yeah, I I get that, but I think the the, and the I'm not saying not to challenge little, yourself to yeah, extend it to be something that I is I know that different. I, I think that we're kind of saying the same thing, but. I like I know that I have a particular style that is me mm-hmm. and that that's not a bad thing but I also don't want it to be so repetitive that people feel like they've seen this show already yeah even though it's a different story and um I hope that I can stretch myself a little bit more to change but what it also like shows me is that I have to be okay with letting other people do things mm so like this last, this process of going through Tuck, I've tried so hard to empower other people to do stuff where in the past I would have just done it and been like, this is what it, this is what it is. This is what I want. I'm just going to do it and move on. Where is kind of like a whole other element of teaching, of bringing people in so that they can see other aspects of not just the performance of, you know, like what actually... Like, why do we set, why do we dress the set this way? Yeah. And what is the purpose of it? And why do we need to do it? And why did we put these lights this way in this moment? And why, you know, um, and empowering them to be able to be able to bring their own creativity to those moments so that in the future, you know, they can start being like, Hey, you know what? I think this is what this should look like. What do you think? so that I can also say yes, because if it's only ever just my opinion, then me as an artist, I'm never going to grow. I'm going to stay just like I am now until I die. Yeah. If I never listen to anyone. And so I think it's more or less being okay with the fact that other people, even though that they may not come from my same background in the theater, like after working for so long and forming their own opinions and like being more empowered to do those things than get to speak and be like, Hey, this is now what I think, which is what you want. I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a community. Well, you're growing a community and you're teaching and because you don't want it to just be you all of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like some of my favorite things is whenever you come up and you're like, Hey, so this is what I think should like, what do you think about this? Do you think like, this is what I, this would look really cool. And every single time you're right. 
And it's great because not one person can see every single thing. Yes. Now, there's an appropriate time to do that. <laughs> and there's an appropriate time not to do that. Yes. <laughs> but and and it's and I'm and you always know when to do it. It's not what I was saying. But the. um, Yeah, there was definitely a time like last week where I thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody was having a hard time understanding the boundaries of when to speak and when not to. Yeah. As far as that goes. But um, but I am excited after this process of just kind of not like handing the reins over, but giving people the license to be like, this is what I am looking for. This is what I want. And I would love to see what you come up with instead of me being like, I'm going to be at the theater all day and I'm going to like break my back, making all of this happen alone. And I'm going to just do that for a long time and then only allow people to be a part of the experience on the acting front. Yeah. Which isn't cool. I mean, because there, all those other experiences are equally as, as good. And it also bring, gets people more attached to the show. They have more ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Like I was so excited. There's this one part of the set where one of the characters like has this perch on the down left proscenium wall and he, he and his dad built it. Like I told him what I wanted and where that needed to go. And they built it together, which I was like, this is so cool that yeah. they were able to do this. And he loves climbing it. And he does. And he's like, has this attachment to it, which is awesome. And forever, it will always be that they built that together. And that's such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am 34 going on 35 because that's the next number in the list. There you go. <laughs> if you didn't know. And um, which is ever approaching that 35 is getting super close, mm-hmm. um, which when I say 35, I don't hear 35. Do you know what I hear? 40. I hear 40. <laughs> I hear five years from 40. You are a kindergartner away from 40. <laughs> like, that is that is so close. That is so close. Um, Which is not a big deal, but it's still like in my mind, it feels like it just echoes around in there for a bit. Um. I don't know what I was saying just then. I said 35 and it was done. It was over. Yeah. Oh, when I was when I was like I still remember like you know I was saying about them building that the thing the his little perch that he sits on. I still remember whenever I was in the like first or second grade, my dad and I built birdhouses for everybody for Christmas. Like he and I built these birdhouses. Now, I don't know how much I was actually given as far as the building, I do know that I got to hammer in some nails, but I'm sure that he did literally everything. You were yelled at for not holding the flashlight in the correct place? Probably. I mean, we, <laughs> but I mean, I did, I remember doing that and I remember painting them and I remember like who we gave them to. I remember that whole thing because he and I did it together. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is probably not that big of a deal for this other kid because it's just, and as far as what Remember age that weird is, kid that gave us birdhouses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, we gave them to our family members. Yeah. And I Which don't think anyone ever actually used them to feed the birds. So I don't know if they were very good birdhouses. But anyway, it was just like I still remember doing that. It's like one of the things, one of the few things that I remember that, like, oh, when I was a kid, dad and I did this. Mm-hmm. We built the birdhouses. And he, you know, the other thing is that's random is that he used to 
like that was really fun. This is like has nothing to do with the podcast, but this was really fun. He um, was obviously a child because they were very young when they had us, but he had a remote control car. It was so cool. And we used to go like it would be late and he'd be like, you want to go drive the remote control car? And we would leave, like get it, put it in the car and drive to a bank that had a really big parking lot with like some ramps and stuff. And we would just like, and I don't know if I ever got to drive it now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) I think it was just him. I was about to say, this is the most Rodney thing I've ever heard. And that your dad would drive you, tell your mom, hey, look, I'm going to take Cody out for a while. I think maybe. Have a father-son bonding moment. Yeah. And never now, let you drive I the car. I don't think that I ever drove it. I think it was always like, check this out. No, you're, no, check this out. Watch this. And I think I just sat on the tailgate. It was just so he could <laughs> play with the RC car. It drove across town to the bank. Love it. I just can't. Also, it's just insane that I remember that it was to the bank, but. Anyway, those are the things that I remember. But um, I just think it's cool to be able to give people that experience and then add another element of the show that they can, you know, begin to take ownership over artistically. Yeah. Because I think people focus mainly on the acting. And dear God, do we need technicians in the community? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is, a, it is a stress for the people who actually do run tech in our town. It's like that, that no how to run tech, you know, I mean, we've got Kendall and oh, he works constantly. Yeah. Like he is nonstop working. And I don't really see us. I'm, I've, I've been thinking about this because I think it is just probably a part of getting older in a way, but I don't really see the next technicians. Yeah. Like I see some actors, but I don't see the people that are like, Oh, I really want to stage manage mm-hmm. or mm, you know what I really want to do. I want to learn to run those lights. Like it seems like everybody wants to be in the spotlight and not running the spotlight. Yeah. And I don't know why that is because there are plenty of people that want to be on the other side. I just think that it's something about us that we're not fostering that for them. And I don't know how to change that in all honesty. Mm, yeah. Because I, I, that wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to do. I wanted to be on stage, but I also just loved the theater and just wanted to be there all the time. And one way to be there all the time was building the set. Yes. And that's like how you get helping, there all the time. Yeah. And helping with the lights. Like when I was growing up, there was this guy in town named Ron Rochelle. And, uh, I mean, he might still be around. Sounds completely fake. <laughs> in Alexandria. It's a comic book name. But he was like a legit lighting dude. Like, I remember he taught me some stuff about lighting that whenever I was in college, like, and I thought that I was going to minor in lighting, which, thank God, I mean, not thank God I didn't, but I just did not want to take that After drafting that class. After that whole speech, you're going to be, thank God I did not. I didn't want to take a drafting class. Fell I was off like, your own freaking soapbox. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I wanted to I don't minor. know why we're not fostering this I in know. people. Well, I tried to minor in lighting, but they were like, you know, if you want this lighting minor, you're going to have to take a drafting class. And I was like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> that that seems <laughs> like a whole lot of math. I would like the path <laughs> of least resistance. So I'm just not going to add to my plate. I mean, I was taking like 20-something hours. Yeah. So I was like... 
25 hours or whatever, 27 hours. I was not doing any, not doing it. So I, I skipped on the drafting class. But anyway, but Ron taught me things that in college and lighting classes I learned. I was like, I already knew this because of this dude that just happened to live in my small town. Yeah. And that worked with our children's theater. And I helped him focus and he was just passing on his knowledge. I mean, that's just amazing. I really think that people, like in some ways, I almost wish that we would go back to education in the form of apprentices. (laughs) Just being like, this is the absolute best way to learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I know every single thing about set building. It's not really that I took a set building course. I really never did. It was, I worked in the scene shop in college and then I also like helped out with the children's theater building the sets and the, they, they just talked to me about it yeah it's one of the things I tell people all the time and it's not that I'm trying to discourage kids from going to college not because I also don't use my degree necessarily yeah but also it, it's to say like look if you really want to to do something go get a trade mm-hmm. how many carpenters do you know like they're, they're, and I work in an industry where mostly due to attrition, we are losing people who know the trade mm-hmm. and very easily someone that wanted the jobs could very quickly step in and have so much work that it would be like a, you'd have to turn work away basically. Yeah. And it's, it's like you're saying there, the apprenticeship of people not wanting to do any sort of like hard labor and they mm-hmm. want the easy jobs. And I'm not saying that also I don't have an easy job and then I didn't also take that path too. That being said, though... You didn't want to take that drafting class. I didn't at all. <laughs> um, but it, it, it it's it's so crazy to me that there is this possibility and there is no seizing of it. Yeah. Well, that's uh, like with... And I don't know if it's so much with acting. I mean, I feel like what we do is like apprenticeship with acting. Yeah, yes. People almost. But outside of that, like if you wanted to be, I mean, if I, I would love to go an apprentice with Kendall as far as lighting design goes. Mm -hmm. Because he is just naturally good at this stuff. I don't understand watching him just fly through lighting a show sometimes whenever he has to because he's been given very little time to do what he needs to do. And I mean, he can write a show in a matter of like two or three hours if he needs to. And that's crazy to design a show like that Mm -hmm. fast on the fly. And, you know, he would probably say it's not going to be that great, but I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the question. What does it serve to teach someone that is a similar age of Kendall, like us, yeah. Versus trying to find someone who could potentially be your well, replacement. Well, that's what I'm. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like who? And and I do think about this. That's why when the kids come through the Fox uh, Theater in Marksville, when Lexi and I are there, I'm constantly saying to them, like, "Hey, when uh, you, you know, just just remember, these are the things that I'm teaching you, so that you can come back here and run this place." Because <laughs> I don't know how long, I don't know how many years we have. <laughs> I would say in this it's building. quite a, probably a lot more than you're thinking because I mean, you're scared yes. of 40. No, I, yeah, I understand that. But it's also just, you know, like I, the longevity of it is mm-hmm. like, sure, I can do, I mean, I don't know how many years I necessarily have that I can go in there by myself and throw these, you know, four by eight f- platforms around yeah. and over my head and all that stuff. You know, 
after so long, I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. No matter how hard it might be for me to admit, I'm not going to be able to do that forever. And somebody else is going to have to come by who can. Yeah. And that's going to actually, you know, it's something about finding someone who's also going to care and wants it to succeed instead of like when it gets hard, I'm just going to, I'm not going to put in the actual work to want to make it last. See, I'm facing a similar thing at work. As you know, my other person is fine. My other employee is sort of retiring Mm -hmm. and that's kind of been my, my thing is that I want to hire someone who can be my replacement, but more so who cares? That's the most important thing to me. Like I don't want someone to just come in and say, this is just a job I want someone who cares enough to to say, hey, look, you have some stuff going on at the theater. Why don't you go ahead and take care of that? I'll cover right. for you for the next couple of days. Take care of what you need to take care of. You mm-hmm. know, it's sort of the same relationship that I have that exists now. And I don't want to necessarily take advantage of someone else, but also someone that would care enough that I could do the same for them and vice versa. Right. So it's like a you know a job where you're actually a human being. Yes. Instead of just punching the. I clock. guess that's really what it is. I would like to hire a human being yeah. instead of just anyone else. <laughs> like someone with empathy. That's a hard thing. But that's also what you know we're sort of looking for in the theater world, as it is now. Yeah, it's really difficult to find somebody that's necessarily you know like kind of in it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. and not just oh well you know this is kind of fun and i really like the attention that it gives me which of course like is totally legit and fine if that's what you're in it for but as far as what we need in our community that's not necessarily what we need Mm -hmm. i mean those people are really great to have in shows because for the most part they're gonna perform quite well because they're gonna want to do what they can to be the best up there. They're going to be doing whatever they can to have people come up to them after the show. And yes. Be like, you were the best part. But we need show. all of these other textures on stage to help tell that story and make yeah. them look as good as they are. A hundred percent. And, you know, I've, I've just, I really liked with Tuck Everlasting. I, one, I love the show. I really do genuinely like the show. I also can't help but think. I'm going to say it out loud. Um, I can't help but think that musicals are so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not, and I'm not saying just from a directing standpoint, I'm not really necessarily talking about that. It's more like from an actor's standpoint, it's like, oh, it's like the songs, you get a break. Yeah. I mean, they're for the most part, pretty evenly spaced out where people get, big chunks of no matter what you're not going to be in every song pretty much yes. so you're going to get at least a three to four minute can break walk off stage for a minute <laughs> which i think the last couple that we've done it's not really been there <laughs> oh yes so this is like man so when we open and we're done and i'm not you know sitting exhausted behind the table or whatever like running from the theater like from the house onto the stage back and forth like crazy I think it's going to be quite relaxing experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, this is really, now we can have fun. Yeah. Now I will say in a moment of full transparency, because we're going to have the show basically come out the same day as the podcast, not necessarily the role I particularly wanted within it after listening to it and watching it mm-hmm. um, when we had, were, were studying it way back when. Um, but I'm very protective of my role. 
You have you have the you have one of the like heartbeats of the show, like the role. I've really come, yeah. I've really come to like really love it. And while I would be having a blast in the other thing, yes, it's not your typical role. Yeah, which is nice though. It's nice being able to see you be a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. And you have like the best song, so it's not like I would say no. Because the best song comes from the mother in the show. That is true. And you know what's crazy so is that I hated that song. Really? I really genuinely did hate that song. You think song. it's because the original cast member that sang it? I didn't like the... Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actress that we have playing is so good that she made me like. She made me love that song. It's, mm-hmm. one, of my, it's one of my favorite moments of the whole show when she's standing up there in the house and this is sort of a spoiler for people who are coming to see it but she's standing up there in the house singing the song up top before she uh, goes downstairs to change and and continue the scene i'm just sitting there watching in absolute amazement i was like wow this is such a gorgeous scene that's a good moment oh i do really like i was worried whenever i put this set together um because you know I, i was going into this thinking, I don't want to just do the same old thing that people see when they come to see one of my shows. And so I was trying to like shake things up and we put that attic right downstage. (laughs) And I don't know, like I've never put a giant, basically a ginormous set piece in like, I'm going to put basically a wall. Yes. (laughs) And anything that happens above this, people will not see, but it will be okay. (laughs) it's like crazy but somehow i think that it like i was kind of worried about it but i think it kind of works yeah no it definitely does and it and i was looking at the set the other night and for the first time it occurred to me because of the attic and because of the uh the perch for the tree on the other side it's like we can't close the curtains oh no and i love that people are going to get to walk in and see the set for the first time and get to sit with it for a minute and then we just walk on and do the show. I actually don't know what shows I've done that we do close the curtains that we, that I have had a, a yeah, that's curtain. true. I think I think I've done like one show where there was like a set reveal, and I'm trying to think of even what that was. I'm having a hard time, but Annie? I do Annie, I think yes. I think Annie I closed the curtain for Annie. I did close the curtain for Annie at the mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I did. No, I'm remembering now. That was a long time ago. Yes. It was a long time ago. Uh, watching you think through that was great. Yeah. I did close the curtain because I was trying to remember it. Like, I was literally going, I was like, that's the moment where I think the curtain would slowly open. So you're right. Yes. And then everybody was asleep. Mm-hmm. It was, <laughs> I was getting there. Still one of my, still some of my favorite moments ever in that show. With Jeremy. Well, I do feel like I've tortured you enough and had you therapized enough today. I am honestly terrified. to. If, I, I may not re-listen to this one. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I know that you're going to have to listen to it like a yeah. thousand times, but I don't think I'm going to re-listen to this one. I think I'm just going to like be okay with hopefully sounding like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, word that you used so much at the beginning? Reutilized. Regularly. Regularly, yeah. Yeah. I hope that I don't sound regularly like a jerk throughout this entire thing. That's <laughs> what I'm hoping. But All right, um, Zoolander. Um, I thought you, what did you ask me in the beginning? 
you asked you how did you open this? This is the whatever when we I don't know, the points don't matter. <sighs> you said something about questions. You were like where we answer questions and what are the, what are we talking who about knows, today? Who knows what's happening today? Oh my god. This is off the rails. This is like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Let's end it. It, it did kind of become a little crazy. Maybe we should see this should be the podcast that doesn't we're like every <laughs> we start ending it. <laughs> Just keep ending, keep ending, keep ending it. <laughs> it's kind of like a southern conversation when you're trying to leave someone's house. It's like, all right, just well, I'll off see the you later. With like your grandmother. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like, all right, goodbye. Well, I'll see you later. I love you. See you later. My grandmother would just have like four exits. It was like, yeah. goodbye. I love you. See you later. It's been nice talking to you. Call me back. I'll call you. I know you're busy. Okay, I love you. And you're like, oh. <laughs> it's like, are we still, we're, we're, this isn't even a goodbye. This is a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, in the spirit, goodbye. I love you. Listen to Mother Die. Is that a HIPAA violation? It's it is you no, know, it's actually called a FERPA. <laughs> <laughs>